Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. weren't you straight with the American people about this to begin with? No, actually, Dana, I don't think it can be interpreted as being straight or not. This weekend, businesses statewide have had to cut how many people they serve to 25% the number they could hold before the pandemic. Restaurant owners are pleading with the public to help them stay alive. Please help us. Come in every day as much as you can. So that I hope, I hope that by the time we get to the fall, we will reach that critical percentage of people that we can really start thinking about a return to some form of normality. That is not a guarantee of some form of a normality. That's Dr. Fauci saying he hopes. He hopes. He's not sure. He's not sure. It depends on how you act. I mean, you could you could get vaccine fever. What's that called? The vaccine thing that you can get? Uh, I don't know. Oh, euphoria. You euphoria. Can get vaccine euphoria. Right. You might start <laughs> acting liberated. There's a lot, <laughs> lot of pitfalls that you could, uh, that you could um, run into, that will have Dr. Fauci have to cook the numbers again and send you back inside again. That uh, cut was with a guy named Leo, the owner of a restaurant called Alba in Quincy, and uh, he's a first generation um, American. He is a um, He's a success. It's, he's an immigrant. Does that mean he's first generation? Um, or does that mean his son's the first generation? I thought if you were first generation, generation, it meant you were born. Okay. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, and, and he's got a great story. And and I've known him for about seven years. And his restaurant is beautiful in Quincy. And he is proud. And they've got these gorgeous, gorgeous dry-aged uh, steaks in there. And it's just a wonderful thing. And he is getting beat to hell by all of these shutdowns, as are, there's another guy, we'll play that package from WHDH in Boston with some restaurants just just begging for frigging mercy at this point. Um, there is some breaking news, though, with the, with the, on the stimulus package, we've, um, the House just passed, uh, I guess it's, I guess you'd call it an amendment, but it's not an amendment, just new, new language, upping the 
the mm-hmm. um, the amount of the coronavirus stimulus checks to two thousand dollars per person. Yeah, this is like being treated as a standalone bill, right. basically. Right, and that would be, and that is being called on Twitter, Alice. Uh, Trump's two thousand dollars. That's what's trending right now. On and I'm I'm for this this bit. Well, uh, mm-hmm. it depends. I am I am for real Americans who took a hit getting a bill, and maybe mm-hmm. the Senate can reconcile that. Um, getting two thousand dollars. I am not for some hack in D.C. Uh, especially ones named Anthony Fauci getting two thousand dollars. <laughs> so you just want special language to exempt Fauci from the checks? Well, any government worker who hasn't taken a paycheck, I don't want anybody. And Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci don't get checks in any D.C. Hack. Well, they already don't because if you make over a certain amount per year, it okay, pops out at two hundred thousand dollars per couple. Okay. No DC hacks get checks. That's it. No, no Fauci. I don't. I don't want that. But other than that, there's a chance. I mean, Republicans have to vote for this thing. They, I they mean, can't. I would think this so. is all about Georgia, and they know it. The Democrats know it. This is all about Georgia. This is Trump working with the Democrats, really, to to send out more money with his name on it. And mm-hmm. I'm all for it. If this actually happens, this is what a freaking coup. He has made chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Well, and this is additional on top of the 600 that went out before, correct? Is it? I don't know. I think it is. I guess if it's a different bill. That was my understanding was it's another 2,000, but maybe I'm incorrect on that. Um, The Daily News of Nuevo York, the House voted money to issue $2,000 coronavirus stimulus checks to most American taxpayers, ramping up pressure on Senate. Oh, no, maybe it's not an addition. Senate Republicans were unlikely to follow suit despite President Trump's support. In a rare holiday House session, 231 Democrats were joined by 44 Republicans in voting for a measure that would tweak the nearly $1 trillion stimulus package signed into law by Trump on Sunday so that its proposed $600 stimulus stimulus checks are bumped up to $2,000. Two Democrats, 130 Republicans, and two independent lawmakers voted against the measure. It's not clear if Senate Republicans led by Mitch McConnell will even consider the measure, with plenty of conservatives in the upper chamber claiming the beefed-up stimulus checks are too costly. Those days are over. Those days of it yeah. being too costly, that's the nightmare for a couple of years from now when we run out of Social Security money and so have to do austerity measures and have the, Amer- the real American Revolution. Right now, your job, Republicans, is to make people whole who you've destroyed this year. That is the job of the federal government right now. That is the only freaking job of the federal government right now is to fix what they forced to break right goddamn now. And I don't want to hear anything about if the Kennedy Center is getting money and gender studies is getting money in, in Pakistan, you know, as far as the omnibus bill, where these are, you know, well-considered mm-hmm. measures, F that. I want the money that you forced from us to come back to us, <laughs> working Americans. Right. Right goddamn now. These are taxpayers who have invested and worked hard, mm-hmm. and you force them to off themselves financially, and no. No, this is your mm-hmm. job one. And anybody who doesn't go for this, and I know that I'm sounding like a, a, a boorish idiot right now, but I don't care. Democrat or Republican who doesn't vote for this should lose their freaking job. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
I agree. I mean, it seems like the obvious thing to do. People are hurting right now financially, not just from job loss, not just from things that you can do with beefed up unemployment, but, you know, from scrambling to find child care, from having to come up with options to care for elderly relatives. You know, schools are shut down. Daycares are shut down. All kinds of things have been totally upended. And you know, to act like this isn't a real thing that's affecting people's day-to-day lives is just, it's its obscene is what it is. that the, I mean, people like the other day we played Larry Summers on Christmas Eve saying that we risk overheating the economy. You know, I'd like to ask, see him to go down here to some of these restaurant owners and explain to them how the economy is in danger of overheating right now. I mean, yeah. Say it to their faces and let me know how it goes and how oh, how hot the economy is feeling for those people right now. It's yes. just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's so out of touch. And I maintain what I've maintained the whole time, which is that anytime anything is shut down, nobody um, in any of these legislative or executive roles in government should be taking a paycheck. If... Businesses in Massachusetts can't operate at full capacity. Charlie Baker's salary shouldn't be operating right. at full capacity. And that should just be that. And, you know, Spelka's and DeLeo's, all these people, nobody, none of them should be getting a full paycheck if they have the businesses closed. Because they should, you know, feel the same level of urgency about what's going on economically right now as their constituents are. And for the moment, they're really not. No. No, for the moment, we're being lectured as to how disappointing we've been uh, to them. And I am sick of that as well. I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. I'm trying to add to my tweet right now, Alice. Well, and, Go for a second, will you? And, I mean, I think about the fact that they turn around then and blame the shutdowns also on, you know, people who don't want to wear masks or people who got together over Thanksgiving or whatever the latest thing is, is... If you say you're worried about the economy and that's why you want to open up, then they go, well, if you had all just listened, then we could have been open by now. Look at Australia. See? But it's really not. Everywhere in the world has had to have at least, at the very, very least, sporadic shutdowns. Europe is shut down as badly, if not worse, than we are right now. But if if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to shut things down and operate that way, then you have right. to compensate people. There's not there's not an option that's just well we'll shut down but let people starve. That's not that's not right. on the on the board of options right. on the menu. Right. This is I believe uh, I was told all about um, uh, health emergencies. Okay. Uh huh. This is a health emergency. No money goes out the GD door to another country. I don't care if it's it's if it's freaking. Uh, you know, where the uh, castle from Frozen is, <laughs> nobody gets any money. Nobody gets any money until we fix the broken American people. God, I'm I'm mad, even though... <sighs> Hold on one second. Go ahead, Alice, speak. Oh, I don't know. So I don't know what's going to happen with this $2,000, though, in the Senate, because Mitch McConnell might not even bring it out to the floor to vote on, even though I think if they voted on it, I certainly think enough Republicans would vote for it to push it over the edge. Marco Rubio has already said he would commit to it. Obviously, I think Josh Hollywood and some of these other people. So, you know, I, I think it would be a... 
Oh, Under how much? How many thousand dollars? What? I think it's like one ninety eight or something. I think it's ninety nine thousand dollars a person. It tops out. It like starts to go down at seventy five thousand dollars per person, and then at, I think it's at ninety nine thousand. This is off the top of my head, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. But all right, I apologize for tweeting as I'm doing uh, as I'm doing this, but it's 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 just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and. Uh, you know, I mean, we've lost legal seafoods in this country. And it's not about my ability to go out. We can't afford to go there very often anyway. <laughs> right. but, yeah. but for God's sakes, these are businesses with, uh, with you know, hosts and servers and bus boys and bus girls and bussers and and uh, line chefs and real chefs and, and, um, and uh, you know, dishwashers and house – not housekeeping people, but you know what I mean. They're cleaning people, whatever – these are every every restaurant are the livelihoods of dozens, if not hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people. One of the first things you see when you enter Fowler House Cafe is this reduced capacity sign. It informs customers that there's less seats than usual right now. It's a big hit for us. This weekend, businesses statewide have had to cut how many people they serve to 25% the number they could hold before the pandemic. That means major changes for the Quincy restaurant. We've had to cut so much staff immediately because with 35 people, we really don't need everyone still. Its main dining room is closed and customers have either had to wait for a seat or get turned away. Before the pandemic, we still have table right here. Faux Pasture in Quincy is also trying to make the numbers work. We have total around 80 to 85 seats uh, and even at the bar. So right now we just keep like around 20 to 25 customers at the same time. This Vietnamese restaurant is instead focusing on doing takeout to make money. Alba Prime Steak and Seafood helped its employees make ends meet by giving 15% of every gift card purchase to its workers. That was more than $30,000. Right now we haven't cut anybody off. We have not cut any um, staff off. So we're trying to maintain our restaurant busy. We're going to do some takeout. We're going to do some three-course menus. The Massachusetts Restaurant Association president says no one is making money at this time. Everyone's losing money at 25%. Uh, They're doing it just to make sure that their employees stay employed and that we take care of the local neighborhood. Knowing the reduced capacity will last at least two weeks, restaurant owners are pleading with the public to help them stay alive. Please help us. Come in every day as much as you can. Jesus. Imagine. Imagine this is where we are. This is where we are. Mm-hmm. And the people in D.C., like that moron Larry Summers, you know, saying, he's, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of you getting the relief. And right. Fauci just saying, you know what, we need 60% herd. No, 75. Wait, it looks like they're still not believing in the vaccine. 85. So pressure your friends. Got it? <laughs> Jesus. Can you let people know what, essentially what Fauci did? We might have hit it yesterday. but uh, Yeah, we did a bit yesterday. Basically, uh, the New York Times ran a story on uh, Christmas Eve saying basically that um, his numbers that he'd been saying publicly about the number of people who need to take the vaccine to get herd immunity have been inching up over time. First, he was saying 60 to 70 percent. Then it was 70 to 75 percent. Now it's 75 to 85 plus percent. So he's changed his story. So the New York Times asked him why he did this. And he answered and said that he'd been looking at polling for how many people were willing to take the vaccine. And before he didn't think we were ready to hear the truth. So, uh, but now he does. He's decided to tell us the truth now. (laughs) Right. Well, 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 now, yes, he was happy to tell the New York Times. I mean, they're they're really big. I mean, that's a lot of fame and exposure for (laughs) Tony Fauci. So, you know what? Yeah, I'll give you a scoop. 
Um, I just tweaked the numbers because I feel like I can manipulate more people. You know, so I was lying. To her credit, Dana Bash from CNN has stumbled into a bit of journalism. <laughs> she asked Fauci about this. Why weren't you straight with the American people about this to begin with? No. No, actually, Dana, I don't think it can be interpreted as being straight or not. We. Oh, well, just you put away uh, into the paper shredder the premise of your question. That's over. Because that doesn't apply to me. I'm very proud of what we did. It, it can't be put in, in straight or not. There's this weird bit of nuanced space the size of a football field that I allow myself on certain issues. And this is one of those times where I deemed that, in fact, it was honest. In the context of the time, it was honest. Well, Jesus, in the context of the time, it was honest. You have to realize that we have to be... That's what he said, of course, about the lying about the masks. In the yeah. context of the time, it was honest and brilliant, if I may say so myself. Humble <laughs> and realize what we don't know. These are pure... God, he speaks in gobbledygook, <laughs> bureaucratic, clinical horse bleep. Estimates and the calculations that I made, 70, 75%, it's a range. The range is going to be somewhere between... He's like Cuomo. The 70, 75%, it's a range. Yeah, we get it. We understood that when you said 70, 75, could be 72, could be 74. We we can process that and understand yeah, it. Like 85 isn't in that range, though. Right. Dr. Fauci. But also. It's 85 is outside the range. Right. <laughs> you could have said it's, 60 to 90% to start with if you had no idea. He's giving us a clinic on ranges now, as if for those <laughs> kids in, asking about Santa in COVID. Between 70 and 85%. The reason I first started saying 70, 75, I brought it up to 85. That's not a big leap to go mm -hmm. from 75 to 85. It was really. Then why leap? Why not stay right there? What compelled us to leap then? <laughs> Based on calculations and pure extrapolations from measles. Measles is about 98% effective vaccine. The COVID-19 vaccine is about... I'm going to wander you into some uh, nuanced theory, Dana, until you're thoroughly lost and move <laughs> along. 94, 95%. When you get below... 90% of the population vaccinated with measles, you start seeing a breakthrough against the herd immunity. Mm -hmm. People starting to get infected like we saw in the upper New York state and in New York City with the Orthodox Jewish group when we had measles outbreak. So I made a calculation. So, um, so I made a calculation based on measles, which is not what we're dealing with right now. And is way more infectious than COVID. That COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, is not... Yeah, we know what it is. Yeah. Thank you. We now, we've all heard of COVID-19. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. As nearly as transmissible as measles. Mm -hmm. Measles is the most transmissible infection you can imagine. So this is a case for doing what? It's not nearly as transmissible as, as measles. So I used measles as a guidepost for where I'd go, what range, which is, by the way, the, is a, a, a spectrum of numbers, you didn't know, <laughs> for COVID, which is a COVID SARS va uh, virus that's out right now, SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> I use so that I modeled it off of the measles one, which doesn't apply whatsoever. <laughs> but cleverly, I did that. Yes. Are you lost yet, Nina? Hopefully. Imagine. So I would imagine that you would need something a little bit less than the ninety percent. That's where I got to the eighty-five. But I think we all have to be honest and humble. Nobody really knows for sure. 
but I think 70 to 85 percent for herd immunity for COVID-19 is a reasonable estimate. And in fact, we all have to be honest and humble, unless I'm talking to you, <laughs> Americans, in which case I don't have to be honest, certainly don't have to be honest with you know life or death things, and I don't have to be humble because I'm always proud of my lying. Most of my epidemiology colleagues agree with me. Yeah, of course, nothing is exact. I, I guess my question was about polling. It's, it seemed in that quote to suggest that you were basing your, uh, your recommendation on polling and what people could accept. Is that not what you meant? No, I mean, it, it's a bit of that. I want to encourage... Yeah, I was effing around a little bit. <laughs> there was a little bit of lying. <laughs> yeah, there's some truth to what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean... In this moment of being honest, uh, you know, and humble, yeah, no, I wasn't honest about it. Yeah, there's dishonesty in what I say. Sure, sure. Encourage the people of the United States and globally to get vaccinated because as many as we possibly get vaccinated will get closer to herd immunity. So the bottom line is... So, yeah, bottom line is, yeah, we have to lie to the idiots, is what we're saying, uh, Dana. It's a guesstimate. I gave a range, and I use any discussion like... I, I have a four-year-old son right here. Five. Five-year-old he son five. who also guesstimates. I would hope <laughs> that maybe when he's the epidemiological uh, time man of the century, that maybe his guesstimations will be something that he puts aside for a while. I was guesstimating, yeah, you know. We're having now, Dana, to mm -hmm. encourage people to get to that goal of 70 to 85% of the people that- You have to lie to the stupids, Dana. <laughs> Once again, I don't know how else I can put it. Vaccinated. That's where we really want to be. Okay, and just to put a button on it, no sugar coating, um, you're saying 75 to 80% is the goal, in your view, as of now, based right. on what you know when it comes to herd immunity, not 90%. Right. Right, right. Okay. When she says just to put her button on it uh, and no sugar coating, she's literally pleading with him to just now. Can you tell the truth? Just for my, right. uh, just just this one for my show. Can you give me a number actually based on the facts, not based on had to jigger around with it a mm -hmm. little bit because the stupids, not based on um, uh, the measles. Uh, outbreak, uh, the famous... Yeah, music. I mean, it would really be one thing if he said, you know, wow, I really was optimistic that we'd be able to get away with a lower number, but based on the evidence we've seen come out and the transmissibility numbers that we've seen, it's looking like we might need more than I initially anticipated, right? Like, everybody understands that the evidence can change and you might need to reevaluate what, what you think the truth is over time if you thought you were incorrect before but to just say like oh well I didn't tell you what I really thought back then because I didn't think it was a good thing to tell you you might get the wrong idea that's um that's really shocking and I think from his answers to the questions I don't think he understands why people are unnerved by him saying that no which no. is almost more astounding. It's astounding that he yeah. doesn't understand why people would think he should regret telling people not to wear masks in March. Oh, no, that was the right thing for me to tell them. We were having a PPE shortage, right. so it was absolutely right for me to tell them masks do nothing and, and don't help. That was perfect of me. I'm great. Right. Like, And then for people to go, wait, like that's a, so you're saying you like, no, 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 I made absolutely the right decision. It was the right thing to do. Like he really, it's, that's what's surprising is just the total lack of, of any intuition about why people would be astonished by that, you know? And yeah. 
And that's like, it's really interesting because uh, the Lil Sun had that editorial about this and like the level of rage people had about it, about, oh, yeah. about insulting Fauci or putting anything, saying anything negative about yes. All of the bad is Fauci. Trump's. All of the bad is Trump's. Don't Fauci has done everything. He has saved us all. He's incredible. We love him. We have Christmas tree ornaments of him. We celebrate his birthday as a national holiday. How dare you say anything negative about Fauci? They had Brad Pitt play him on SNL. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't good. <laughs> but, you know, Pitt, Pitt was honored to do the party. And it's crazy. And it's total DC bureaucratic talk. It's never about what is existentially hurting you down there because they don't know any of you who are listening. They don't know you. It reminds me of we, this is a little niche, but it, it reminds me of when we, for the Boston Herald, I um, interviewed. Don Berwick, who was a guy, mm-hmm. big, a big Fauci. He was Fauci, essentially. <laughs> He's uh, an Obamacare guy, right? And and I said, well, "Well, this is terrible that you guys have launched Obamacare, and no one, and no one can get into it right now through the web, healthcare.gov. There's been ad campaigns now for two years, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, "What? Who? How does this happen? Who's responsible for this?" And he said. You're asking the wrong questions. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're asking the wrong questions. So I was asking the question that everybody who went to the website, who got to this website is broken message, is asking. Right. We need to get into the website to get our free Obama health care that was so awesome. We can't get in now. No, no, no. You're asking the wrong question. You can do B, C, or D. Yeah, but B, C, or D requires that somebody else use the website. And nobody can get in. You're do. You're focusing on the wrong thing. No, your healthcare is all set. You're doing fine. Mm-hmm. The the end user needs to get into the freaking website. Right. No, no, you're asking the wrong question. Me and Doctor Fauci know that. Do you remember the measles outbreak? Well, if there was the measles web portal, which would have fewer users, is what we modeled this web portal on. But of course, you don't need to do that. Measles is a far less of a uh, of an end user need for people. So what what are you talking about, you freaking TED talking bureaucratic weasel? God, I hate these people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure Fauci's a great guy, and Don Berwick's a great guy, and Zeke Emanuel is a great guy, and I'm sure. All these nutcases are great people, but I am sick of them. Well, the thing is, as I do think they're good people too, but this is not—they're not meant designed by nature to be public-facing people or policy-making people. They're not. They—they they should be doing science, mm-hmm. and then they should tell the science to the policymakers, and let the policymakers make policy. You right. know, because they. The, Fauci and these other people, like, you can't uh, put them in charge of how to talk to the American people. You can't put them in charge of how to run the country because it's been an absolute disaster. Because we have, oh, the country is definitely going to be closed for two weeks or maybe a couple months, but for sure, just two, a couple weeks or a couple months. That's Fauci for sure back in March. Because that's what he thought we needed to hear at the time. No politician would tell you to do this. You know, no, because politicians get, you know, have to be up for re-election. So they don't want, not that politicians don't lie, because they certainly do lie. But they tend not to lie in such obviously psychotic ways that just 
get them caught and people mad at them. Right. No, no. Politicians are... Their survival... Yes, they're they're, engaged to be uh, mildly sycophantic. Right. You know, and to curry favor because of, you know, they love you so much. But Mm -hmm. what we've got here, and you're exactly right, they're not supposed to be doing this. And if you look at what was, what these guys are, what the task force Mm -hmm. was with the CDC and the FDA, what they're supposed to be in this case, they were supposed to be a bomb diffusing unit. Right. And they were supposed to make sure, go in and defuse the bomb. That was their job. So at the beginning, back in February, in January, when the uh, mm-hmm. WHO said, hey, we found um, a way to make a um, make testing for this. Mm-hmm. We've got a formula here. And countries copied the directions and started testing their people, et cetera. The FDA said, no, the CDC will do all the testing. The CDC said, we'll do all the testing. You just send it to Georgia. And... 56 people got tested a day. So because the bureaucracy coughed it up, they couldn't figure it out. Their tests were crappy. The CDC's tests were, were crappy. Mm-hmm. We always could have taken the, the recipe that the WHO had from the beginning that other com- com- countries did. We warned private pharma companies in hospitals in the United States to not make your own tests. Right. Don't make your own tests or we'll come down hard on you. No, absolutely not. And so their job was to – all the biggest geniuses like this guy – their job was to defuse the bomb mm-hmm. before it exploded. These guys, Fauci, etc., mm-hmm. the bomb disposal unit screwed up and the bomb went off and hit us. So now there are fires and destruction everywhere. And so now the bomb diffusion guys, even though the bomb has come and exploded and hit us, are now saying things like, um, well, even though our, our, uh, our skill set all has to do with bomb diffusion... I mean, we could tell you to do other stuff, like uh, get in the basement, I guess, fill the bathtub with water. I mean, we'll tell you stuff as long as you keep asking <laughs> us, because we're paid to tell you stuff. But the thing that the skill that we're paid to execute and to into uh, that we're paid to uh, perform, we failed at. The thing we're good at, we were bad at this time. The bureaucracies coughed it up. There was no testing. There was not nearly mm-hmm. enough testing, so you couldn't see the virus in the country. You don't know right. where hot spots are until you start, you know, find, seeing coffins in refrigerator right. trucks. There was no way to test. There was no way to know who to isolate. We didn't. We coughed this thing up mm-hmm. badly. And you know, you can say people because people can't get over Trump. Say, well, it's you know, it's uh, Buck stops here. It's it's Trump's deal. Ultimately, it's Trump's. Deal. Sure, that's fine. But did you trust trust Trump to figure out the coronavirus? The guy who builds casinos and does mm-hmm. uh, pageants with women in bikinis was that the guy who thought is the is the this is the kind of expert in this field that we need? <laughs> or did you trust these eggheads in lab coats? You know the tens and thousands of people in the CDC and the uh, the FDA that maybe those people do this stuff all the time and wait for such an opportunity to show how good they are, right. and they sucked this time. They right. effed it up. They coughed it up, and it was terrible. And so, like, just like with the Obama thing, um, you know, which, the, who was the, the, was it the HHS person? Yes, it was, Health and Human Services, Sebelius, Kathleen Sebelius. Sebelius, yeah. Just because, you know, Obama was president and he deserves culpability, like Trump does, does, does for this, somebody, some heads have to roll. Right. And so eventually, quietly in the dark, Sebelius was whacked. 
Mm-hmm. Many more people should have been whacked, by the way, because that was historically <laughs> that terrible. That was an incredible website rollout. Never in the history of website rollouts right. has anything gone so badly. But, but I mean, in there, and if you see the, the, the forensics of what happened with that, there was a lot of hubris. It was total bureaucratic weaselness. People trying to win meetings, people trying to shirk responsibility. Some people would notice that with the Obama website that things in one department were going so bad that they'd they separate themselves from everything happening in that department and choose consciously to not know because those people were idiots. Meanwhile, you had the people who were actually building the website saying, we keep talking about this website. What we have doesn't work. But they keep saying that it works. The president keeps, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, spiking the football that it works. They're saying that we're going to open this thing up tomorrow. I hope there's another one that's not this one that I'm working on (laughs) because – this doesn't work, but I'm not going to say anything. I guess we can hope to God that it somehow yeah. it works. It was a total Emperor's New Clothes situation where no one wanted to be the person to say that the thing wasn't, that right. there was no website actually. Right. And so no, then, uh, then it doesn't work. It blows up in uh, Obama's face and he goes out there and says, you, you know, it's interesting. I just find out that when you do stuff in the private sector, stuff gets done a lot easier than the public center. center. I just learned that out. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's why we didn't want to put all our health care right. under your control, That's genius. Right. <laughs> That's why Moderna and Pfizer came up with the vaccine. And, you know, not the people, the lab coat Fauci's. God. Well, there probably are people in lab coats at Moderna. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> in, the, in the U.S. did exactly what it should have done with mm-hmm. Operation Warp Speed. Right. One thing that we have that we have for you know being on the winning side of a couple of world wars, um, and being a country that rewards the free market, we've got a lot of money hanging around, mm-hmm. and you can throw it at some problems, and it brings out good instincts in a lot of people <laughs> who want a piece of that, and it did in this in this uh, situation. Right. But the, but that's why we're doing this. I mean, might as well just to put everybody at the CDC in charge of you know. Uh, prohibiting uh, shark attacks on Cape Cod. <laughs> I mean, they could have lots of good stuff. You're going to stay out of the water, for one. I mean, that's going to yeah. be the first thing to ameliorate <laughs> that problem, uh, you know. And at some point, if it's politically uh, a, uh, correct to do it, we're going to move the sharks along, uh, maybe with uh, <laughs> shotguns, depending on what happens. Yeah, but- I mean, or I just think about how the public health people handle dietary information and how they've handled it over the years. And, like, that's all you have to see to think that you don't want to actually put these people in charge mm-hmm. of anything. Like, sure, let them do their studies. Let them come out with their recommendations. You know, teach kids about food pyramids and calories and whatever. And, you know, that maybe, like, eating chips and soda all day isn't great for you or whatever. They push people but, onto chips for decades. I know. So, but that's what I'm saying is like, okay, so, and you know, maybe some of their advice will be good. Maybe some of it will be harmful, but uh, let's not actually have them like, it's like the Bloomberg taxing soda stuff in New Mm -hmm. York. It's like, if you put them in charge of this stuff, they come up with these ideas that are totally out of touch with people's realities, you know, that they're going to, that they demand every place put, um, you know, calories on menus now in hopes that then people won't eat as much, which is right. totally not worked out the way they thought it would and has just been a burden on smaller restaurant chains and stuff. And like, they just, they have no conception of how any of these things play out in the real world. So, like, yeah, 
Let them come up with their recommendations and tell politicians what they think and then say thank you very much for your input and shoo them out of the room and let the adults make the decisions. Because they can't actually, you can't put Bill Nye, the science guy, in charge of, and Fauci is definitely more qualified than Bill Nye, but still, you can't put people like that in charge of actually running the country policy-wise. Like, he's going to tell you, sure, wash your hands. Great, that's good. Washing hands is healthy. I know that one. Like, and wear a mask. Like, okay, maybe, sure. And never leave the house. Like, wait, but I actually need to go out to work and I have employees counting on me. And, you know, so they, you know, maybe some of their stuff is good and maybe it's not, but you can't put them actually in charge. No, and they're also, they are not impervious to political movements or cultural movements. Mm -hmm. They are not. If you just look back at the mid or late 90s, when um, Dr. Atkins came mm-hmm. out again with the Atkins diet. The Atkins diet... was keto before it was keto. Well, right. And it was very <laughs> controversial because there were all sorts of TV specials. You know, you had guys eating bacon and, and huge fatty pieces of pork and all this stuff, mm-hmm. proteins, all these proteins. And it's so gluttonous and it was going against everything. That the health community had told us for decades, mm-hmm. you know, and it's also like I said, it looked just looks so gluttonous, and people hated Doctor Atkins. I mean, guys like me and my brother and it, people we knew, we all did the Atkins diet and lost a lot of weight immediately. Mm-hmm. It absolutely worked, but people hated Atkins so much so that people would revel in the fact that he died. Oh yeah, good. How good it did for him. I mean, he's dead now because he died because he fell down his stairs, his brownstone <laughs> in New York. And died. So, but it's like the same thing with the COVID stuff. It's like people don't want to believe that they've been eating low-fat dairy their whole lives for no reason. They've invested a lot of energy into eating low-fat foods their whole life. They don't want to find out that that wasn't true. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, that low-fat doesn't mean anything. And well, what's the parallel with COVID to that? Because with COVID, like, nobody wants to hear that like maybe masks don't work that well or nobody mm. wants to hear that maybe lockdowns don't do anything actually to prevent the spread of disease and that you know spending time indoors is a much bigger risk factor than anything else like that it's mainly weather and seasonal patterns and not you know how strictly a state's locked down because they've invested they've locked themselves in the house and traumatized their children now for months and months and cause their parents to be lonely in the nursing home. They miss their parents' funerals. And so now they want to make sure that yeah. we stay locked down because accepting that that stuff wasn't necessary or helpful is too painful for them. Right. You know, yeah, it's also just not fair that I'm stuck in my Brooklyn loft, you know, binge eating, I'm sort of binge watching, maybe binge eating too, you know, everything on Netflix. Um, and you're on a beach in Florida running around like you're allowed to be free and liberated. And that pisses mm-hmm. me off. No, get back in, lock yourself in a room yeah. like I am. Yeah, go back to eating low-fat foods like I've, I have done all these right. years. Right, It's very important. I eat low-fat. You brand should eat low-fat, too. Exactly. Brand muffins. <laughs> brand muffins, brand muffins. It's uh, uh, just nuts. And, uh, of course, Fauci had... Uh, A rosy prediction. So if we start vaccinating the general population in April from a pure logistics standpoint, it's probably going to take several months to get those people vaccinated that would get us to the 70 to 85 percent group. I think that's going to probably be by the middle to the end of the summer so that I hope I hope that by the time we get to the fall, 
we will reach that critical percentage of people that we can really start thinking about a return to some form of normality. We could start thinking about it, he hopes. <laughs> because he was adhering to some form of incompetence. <laughs> the we have to all continue to be locked down because of all the, the lab coat mafia failed to stop the invader last year, we all have to be punished by it. So they get another whack at it. So at some point we'll vaccinate people and do stuff and do what we should have done, could have done, had we mm -hmm. had our bleep together. And f to give Fauci, I don't, I will never understand this guy who in, in the, you know, had 10 years to be a voice in the um, in restocking the supply mm -hmm. of PPE, our stockpiles, you know, were depleted, etc. I know that maybe that's not his bailiwick, but it was somebody's bailiwick, and that somebody does something a lot like Fauci does for a living. Where was it? And, and if it was Congress, and Congress just blew it off, well, then that's shame on us too. But we dropped the ball in this in several different ways, and something has to be. I mean. It, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done listening to these folks as if they're the greatest thing in the world. So, by the way, I um, I was on the I was on I was hosting the Todd Feinberg show today on WTAC in Hartford, and I did have a caller who who was uh, defending Fauci, saying you and I just sit around and talk, and that he's done incredible things. Yeah, maybe, but his job, everything. This is his thing. Right. This is the thing that we needed him to do correctly. I know that, you know, every other year of his life, mm -hmm. he's been incredibly helpful. Well, the coronavirus year, we need him to be Johnny on the spot with getting the thing done. Well, right. And I think that it's interesting because he probably would have had a very sympathetic ear with Trump towards the beginning of the pandemic, especially before it became politicized. Speaking of Fauci not being a politician, um, if he had framed it as needing to make sure America is protected from China's lies and duplicitousness you know because china really has not covered themselves with glory in all this that's really i hope that's, I that's like the one say. big thing to come out of this i mean they just jailed a, a lawyer who had been reporting on the pandemic right. early on she just just went to jail now they tried her and it's like for causing unhappiness and strife <laughs> and other people spreading bad rumors or excellent. whatever whatever that's charges excellent. they have there but yeah she's thrown in jail now because thankfully, she reported on it early so thankfully the incoming commander-in-chief is not beholden to the Chinese whatsoever. Before we get to the story on race that um, in college mm -hmm. that we're going to hit, I, I just want to play something. Because I was filling in today for Todd Feinberg, uh, I, I was listened to, I was sidelined, a lot of you have told me on Twitter, they take the, um, the governor of Connecticut's uh, coronavirus briefing every day. So I was listening to his coronavirus briefing, and it seems to me that he said something remarkably insane. And I've recorded it, and I'm going to play it for you. And this is this is about the vaccines and the efficacy of the vaccines um, on the new strain that's coming. This is Ned Lawn. He's either a expert level, a gaslighter, controller, mm -hmm. or uh, clinically insane. Uh, what little I can tell you as a um, history major is uh, I know the vaccine works on it. And I know if you wear the mask and as a what? <laughs> as a what? History major. Uh, what little I can tell you is a um, history major is uh, I know the vaccine works on it. 
And I know if you wear the mask and, uh, you know, keep your distance, uh, we can contain this more um, infectious uh, strain as well. Look, uh, flus often morph uh, over the period of time. We've got to make sure that we have a vaccine that works, and this one continues to work even with this new strain. The history major uh, <laughs> seems to have um, somehow attained another doctorate along the way. Flus often, like the flu has its own influenza uh, uh, viruses. The COVID thing is a different thing. doesn't matter because the history majors... What? <laughs> has no bearing. Right. And uh, it's what also little I can tell you as a um, history major is uh, I know the vaccine works on it. <laughs> Jesus. It's an odd. Yeah, it's an odd thing to say. And um, not only are the masks and the social distancing not uh, going to necessarily work to contain the more infectious variant they're not working on the current variant that we have now once the patterns of seasonality come into play look at california's more lockdown than anywhere and is having a massive surge is that because california isn't locked down enough is it because they didn't wear their masks enough what is it i mean who which of them can tell me what california didn't do enough of what did how do they have it coming how were they not smart governor cuomo can you tell us Right. I no. don't know. They, well, no, they were liberated, probably. <laughs> they were acting too liberated. They had a severe case of vaccine mm -hmm. euphoria. Um, but yeah, for our final, we should probably hit our final story on uh, race and then and then head out because I'm going to work. Um, but yeah, so this uh, this story is amazing of this girl um, who uh, her name is Mimi, I think. She's go? a girl who. At some event or whatever, sang a rap song. It, it, well, in high school, younger, mm -hmm. right? So she sings this rap song. This rap song on a TikTok or a Snapchat or, or whatever a Snapchat, it was. I guess right because it was four years ago. And it's a rap song, and many rap songs contain the N word. Yes. Um, Keeping true to the song, this girl, a white girl, sings uh -huh. the lyrics of the rap song. Yes, that's fine. That's she years said, ago. Not talking. directed. Toward a person, she no. sang the lyrics to the song on a video and said, "I can drive n word." Basically, is what she said. Right. That was the sentence, and um, so nothing came of it at the time. Years go by, um, and this kid who used to be friends with her, who's biracial, um, when she has been accepted into a college in a cheer program and. All this stuff and her life is going great. Uh, in the Black Lives Matter stuff, she posts a post about Black Lives Matter and how important it is to care about black lives and all this stuff. He chooses that moment to release a video and to call her a hypocrite for supporting the Black Lives Matter stuff since once she said the N-word. Hmm. Uh, and ruin her life. Uh, people have been calling her college nonstop until she got kicked out. So she's no longer going there. Incredible. And, Incredible. Just to ruin somebody's yeah. life. She sang a song. She sang the lyrics to the song. Yeah. And I mean, uh, tell your kids, uh, I mean, white parents, I guess. How, yeah, I guess you have to have a talk with your kids, white parents, and explain to them that even though all the music that's cool that they see on TV that's promoted as being genius and incredible and, you know, wins music awards and you see the people singing these words 
on TV and we're told there are role models to look up to, absolutely, you must never, ever, ever say this word or your life is over. Right. Even though this guy may have, uh, you know, taken an audience with the president at the White House and been honored, uh, no, you're not allowed to do this. Even though this guy campaigns for Democratic politicians, you know, based on the esteem that he's earned from writing lyrics containing horrible words... Yep, that is it. Yeah, and the other thing that's incredible to me about it, too, is, like, what we've talked about where uh, the whole, like, if it bleeds thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this never came up, never came back to haunt her until she posted something in support of Black Lives Matter. She posted something about how terrible the George Floyd thing was. Right. And then that's when they knew that she was vulnerable. That's how it goes out there. But on the good side, this can't 2020 be over soon enough? <laughs> on the good side, I'm excited about this next year, Alice. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to start out with uh, David Bowie, uh, Elvis, and Tom Shattuck's birthday on January 8th. An important day. And Correct. still within the introductory 15% off on um, shop.burnbarrelpodcast.com. Is there a zone of the so, discounts? So there's a 15% off the first two weeks. No, is there the a range? Like Fauci would say, I want a range. Is there a range of prices? <laughs> a range. There is a range of prices. Good. That's important. Ranges are important. I learned yeah. that from Dr. Fauci. Explained it to Dana Bass right. that him lying to the American people right. was a so good thing. Right. So we have your little Jerry Callahan merchandise. We have your Burn Barrel merchandise, your 1570 people merchandise. People are buying some of this stuff. There this are. Is- the orders are rolling in. So people are buying their uh, items. and um, Oh, did we order for us? Not yet. We need to place our order for we should our do things. It. Well, you're going to work. I'll um, try. Tomorrow maybe I can morning, do it tonight. maybe we'll place an order. Yeah, I will I ask the kids what they want. Not that I'm fat, but would there be uh, availability for a There's rotund person? There's some 3X person? and 4X sizes in there. Oh, yes, nice. <laughs> Very comfortable. Sweet. So, um, this has been the Burn Barrel. Do I feel uh, like I wish I could take back the way I just said sweet? Yes. <laughs> That was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. Okay. We'll try that again. Take two. <laughs> this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email at Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Parlor app at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can check out our YouTube channel, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel, where you can see videos of the podcast and vote and comment on those. Subscribe and write a review. Say la vie. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. 
Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.